Welcome to the teaching ministry of Steve Franklin. Steve's calling is to coach champions in the kingdom of God. Our prayer for you as you listen to this word of encouragement and instruction is that you'll be built up in your faith and encouraged to take the next step in your development as one of God's true champions. Here's Steve. 1 Corinthians 15. So what difference does the resurrection make? Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, beginning with verse 3, I delivered to you first of all that which I received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that He was buried and that He rose again the third day according to the Scriptures, that He was seen by Cephas, that is Simon Peter, then by the twelve, and after that He was seen by over 500 people at one time. Don't you know that it, had it been a hoax that somebody in that group of well over 500 would have said it didn't happen. Then he goes on to say in verse 12, if Christ is preached that he's been raised from the dead, how do some among you say there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, verse 13, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty. And your faith is also empty. I don't know about you, but I've spent a whole lot of hours and days listening to preaching, and it would be painful to know that that would have been all empty and useless. But if there was no resurrection, that all that preaching and teaching would have been useless. And your faith is also empty. If there's no resurrection, listen. It would not be enough to just have the righteous life of Jesus. It would not have been enough just to have the crucifixion of Jesus on your behalf. Without the resurrection, death's power and grip would not have been fully paid for and broken off of you. Our faith has no substance, nothing to stand on if there was no resurrection. The gospel is not the gospel without the resurrection. It was the resurrection that enforced everything else. Let's read on. Yes, we are found, verse 15, false witnesses of God because we have, been, we have testified of God that He raised up Christ whom He did not raise if in fact the dead do not rise. For if the dead do not rise, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, your faith is futile. Again, it has no basis, nothing to stand on. And if Christ is not risen, you are still in your sins. How many of you know that I'm going to have to bear all of my sin and you're going to have to bear all of yours if Christ was not raised from the dead? I don't know about you, but I can't even go there. If I had to stand before God and bear my own sin, I have no chance. And neither do you. Without the resurrection, we would still be in, not in the righteousness of Christ, we would still be in sin and separation without the resurrection. He goes on to say, then without the resurrection, verse 18, those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. You'll never see them again. 
If there is no resurrection, you will not see your grandfather who went to be with the Lord today. If there is no resurrection, I won't see precious bride again the moment I walk into the glory of God. If there is no resurrection, you will not be reunited with those who have died in Christ. No reunion to those who were the precious cornerstones of your life. Without the resurrection, you will not see your loved ones again. The resurrection is vital to everything that we believe and stand on. Everything. Verse 19, if in this life only we have hope, even in Christ, if only in this life we have hope in Christ, we are of all men the most to be pitied. People ought to feel sorry for us if all we have is this life and hope in Christ, as good as that may be. Do you know that you're going to live forever? The Bible says your life down here is a breath. <laughs> Didn't last long, did it? You're going to live forever. And because of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, to be absent from this physical body is to be immediately present with the Lord. The moment you leave, exit this body, at that moment you are fully present with the resurrected Lord Jesus. Hope has been given by the resurrection, verse 20, but now Christ is risen from the dead and has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. That is, he preceded all of those who have fallen asleep in Christ. Since man by man came death, that is, Adam by man also came the resurrection from the dead. In Adam all die, in Christ all shall be made alive in Christ. I want you to turn with me to the back of your Bible to the book of 1 Peter, please. 1 Peter chapter 1, the resurrection, the power of the resurrection connects you to hope. Pastor, what really is hope? Hope is that internal power, that internal force of life. There are three Forces of life that flow out of God Almighty. Faith, hope, and love. They are eternal. They flow out of the life of God. Hope is that internal, that internal yearning and longing for something that you don't see manifested right now. Hope is God's energy. Hope is something that God places through creation to a certain degree in all men. But it is plugged in when a person comes to know Christ. He becomes born again. He gets plugged in to the power and source of hope. 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 3 says, Blessed be the God 
and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope. That is, he caused us to be born again to a hope that lives through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. What did the resurrection do? It replugged in hope. When you were born again, God replugged you into the hope that is in the life of God. Because Christ was raised from the dead, because sin's penalty was paid, because death's grip was broken, you got plugged in in your inner man to the mighty force of hope. By that resurrection from the dead, you were plugged in to an inheritance that is incorruptible, undefiled, reserved in heaven for you. It is sure and steadfast. It is not affected by the transient nature of this world. Hope. God's energy on the inside of you. It gives you life. It sustains you. Did you know that hope is so vital to you right now that in any degree that you start to lose hope, you start to lose life? When a person loses hope, that God-given energy that is replugged by the hope by, by the resurrection of Christ, when you begin to lose hope, you begin to lose life. If you lose hope for your marriage, your marriage dies. If you lose hope for your business, your business dies. If you lose hope for your relationships and reconciliation, that relationship dies. Everything vital and important in this life is fueled by that inner energy that God gives you by his spirit called hope. And it was by the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ that hope has been replugged in to those who receive him by faith. The hope of God. God's kind of energy. It sustains life. It sees from an internal perspective. Hope is that deposited on the inside of you and it sees from an internal perspective. Why is that valuable? Because the circumstances of your life inevitably steal your hope. The robbers of hope are primarily external factors. They're circumstances. Oh, you lost your job. You lost your money. You lost your health. You lost your spouse. You lost, uh, uh, so many, many things on the external, the things that you see and touch and taste, those things can incredibly rob your hope. And your circumstances will begin to cave in on you. Every last one of us at some point gets run over by life. And it starts to steal your hope. Did you know, I believe with all my heart, the Bible says this is what the devil comes to do. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I believe that what the enemy tries to do through the external events of your life is he tries to use those to stir you up, to, to begin to believe that this is all there is, that it's not going to be any good, that there's no hope in tomorrow, and you have strung so many days together to where you don't see any difference that you begin to believe and accept a hopeless life. He steals, kills, and destroys, and he starts with stealing your hope, but you've been plugged into hope. 
by the resurrected Jesus. Why would you let it go just because of external circumstances? Your external circumstances are subject to change. The investment of hope on the inside of you is not going away. Your circumstances can change in a moment. But the, the, but the investment of hope on the inside of you is an eternal investment that the Lord Jesus has made when you received him. And the Holy Spirit has put the resurrected life of Jesus on the inside of you. Sustains us. Sustains us. Well, Pastor, how, how, because of all the external circumstances of life, and you know it's not just that, your own brain will begin to talk to you based on your past experience about how you'll never get anywhere. Look what you used to do and used to be. You'll never be able to walk out of this. And the devil will jump in. You know, he's an accuser of the brethren and tell you that, you know, you don't deserve shame and condemnation. will jump right in there in the mix to external circumstances. All kinds of things will come against hope. Well, Pastor, since it is said there's so many enemies to hope, how do I reconnect with hope? You see, you're not trying to get hope. You're trying to replug if you're a believer. I don't know about you, but when I get in here with you, and when I begin to lift my heart and lift my hands in worship, it energizes me on the inside for me to know there is nothing impossible with our God. When I get in here and we get in worship and I get my focus off my circumstances and I begin to focus on the Lord and give him the praise and honor and glory that is due his name, something rises up on the inside of me that energizes me again and makes me reach out there again and say, I know things can be and will be better. It's hope. It's divine energy. I don't know about you, but when I get into this word, I don't look at this word through the, through the litmus test of externals. When I see the word, I see it's eternal. I see that it doesn't change from day to day. And that word has God's life and power in it. The words I speak unto you, they are spirit and life. God is a God of hope, and this word energizes your hope. Without the investment of this word, your, hope's your hope is going to start to diminish. Well, I'm not a good reader. Well, get on your iPhone and get the word read to you. The word. And I don't know about you, but I know this. There are times when my world is caving in that my circum I am so weary. When I get before the Lord in prayer, when I come out, of that time in prayer, I know one thing, I am re-energized. I am, I am in a place to where I know that regardless of what I'm seeing, regardless of what I'm feeling, regardless of how fatigued I am, there's an inner surge of hope on the inside of me because there's a reconnection with something that's already there, the hope of the Lord. It's God's energy. When I get around other believers like you, when I come in here and I see you coming in 
to worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. And when I see this group gathered here that don't have to have a show, don't have to have a program, don't have to have anything but the word and prayer and the fellowship of the saints, <laughs> I want to tell you something. When, when, when I see you worshiping, I just, something rises up on the inside of me. It makes me better. And I, I, get, I look forward to what's going on. These things energize hope. But you also need to know without hope, your faith doesn't have a place to go. What do you mean by that? Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith, that is the full assurance of things you're hoping for. Faith is the full assurance of things what? That was weak. Faith is the assurance of things. So if you don't have anything that you're hoping for in your inner man, how are you going to get faith to believe that God is going to bring it to pass? I've said this many times, I want to tell you again. If you've allowed your hope to diminish, your faith has nowhere to go. God wants to say something to you about that hope that's on the inside of you through his word. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by what? The word of God. But the word of God can't speak to something that you're not hoping for. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for. What are you hoping for? Then you go to the word and say, God, what are you saying about this? You see, there is a mighty, mighty, mighty engine. Faith will move mountains, yes or no? Did Jesus say it would or wouldn't? It would. Faith will move. God. Jesus said nothing is impossible to him who believes, right or wrong. But you've got to have some substance on which that is based. And so that word is the substance. But what are you hoping for? Faith is that engine below us right this minute are massive engines that are heating and cooling this building. But in this particular area, all of that is determined by this little thing right here. Faith is that engine that will get it done. But hope is that thermostat which calls for faith to get into action. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for. When I first come in here, I don't call, I call on this to bring me something that's not into manifestation. So I set it on something different than I'm feeling. Do you know that on the inside of you, there is that, that wonderful force called hope and it's different from what you're seeing and feeling in the circumstances of your life. You determined is that, Lord, is this hope, is it founded in you? And you ask the Lord to speak to you about that hope because when he speaks to you about that hope, then you have assurance that he is working to bring it to pass. Now, sometimes, sometimes, his desired outcome and what he's working to do may not line up exactly with the way you think it's going to be. I thought God was going to give me a, 
give Dina and I a girl, but he gave us a son. But boy, did he have a better and higher plan for us than we did. I thought that there were certain things that I believed that the Lord was going to bring into manifestation, and I asked him for, and he brought into manifestation not only that which fulfilled me, but far beyond what I could ask or dream or think. God's plan for you is higher than even your own desires. What does, what, what calls out to hope? Your desire and your need. Your desire and your need. Your desire and your need puts a demand on hope. Are our desires in line with what God's highest and best is for us? Do we recognize that our needs sometimes are greater and deeper than we think they are? God may want to be doing something far deeper in you than just giving you some relief. He a whole lot rather do resolution than relief. And we have to submit to his work so that our hope will begin to work right desire and need and sometimes both at the same time but understand that the hope that come deposited in you by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead is a God given gift get your hopes up if you see something in the Word of God that is in line with the Word and the will of God be it the salvation of a loved one be it the, the, the coming back to the Lord of somebody you know or love, be it the resolution of issues, whatever it is, if you see it's in line with this word, get your hopes up. Get into worship and the word and prayer and fellowship of other believers of like mind. And whatever you do, talk to yourself. Why is that, Pastor? Because yourself is always talking to you. <laughs> Tell yourself the truth. And you're going to need the Word of God to have eternal power in doing that. Tell yourself the truth. It stimulates hope. Would you bow your heads with me today? You can access more of Steve Franklin's teachings online at www.sfmin.com.